Blog Talk Radio. If your house is in a mess, then your life is in a mess. You may think you have it all together, but your mental and emotional confusion show up in the telltale signs of your physical disarray. We're going to talk about a cool new way of organizing that will get you back on track and out of clutter overwhelm. Welcome to Slightly Askew with Nancy at Noon, the show that takes an honest look into the heart of all things that shape the fabric of your entire life. And now, here's Nancy. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Nancy, and we're back again to rock your world with tips and strategies that will help make your life more fun, more meaningful, and today, more clutter-free. You are listening to episode number five. Today, Allison Kiro will be joining me all the way from New York City to help answer what might be the single most asked question of all times. Where do I begin? Allison is a decluttering and organizational expert. She has a very unique and simple strategy that takes a lot of the overwhelm out of the battle to get rid of stuff and get organized. She is so good at what she does that she's been invited to appear on the Dr. Oz Show, the CBS Morning Show, and the Mike Huckabee Show. Her opinion has been so highly sought after that she has been interviewed by the New York Times, CNN, and U.S. News and World Report. I'm betting we all have clutter in our lives, and if you are like me, the hardest part of the clutter dilemma is making the decision about what to keep and what to get rid of. I'm not a hoarder by any means, and I don't even consider myself unorganized. But for the last five years, after my daughters and my now ex-husband went their separate ways, I've been trying to clear out, clean up, and organize 35 years of raising a family in my home. I get started, then something urgent demands my attention, and I never get back to where I was. And I have so many different areas in the home and in the outbuildings and grounds. Kind of makes it sound like I live on a manor estate or something. Nope, just an average size house with an average size property. Anyway, I read something on Allison's blog that really hit home for me. She said, it's never just clutter. This is about you not making decisions that directly affect your life and the effect it's now having on you. Time lost, money lost, confusion, exhaustion, frustration, and overwhelm. Do you enjoy these feelings? So I have to say that I have experienced all of them and... No, I do not enjoy any of them. So let's bring on our expert to help us out. So, Allison, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm so excited to have you. I've been looking forward to this since we met on LinkedIn. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I have a question from a listener that I would love for you to answer. So some of my listeners might remember Dee. She's uh, the young, and I'll just let you know who she is. Allison, she's a young woman who wrote to me a few weeks back. She had just moved into her own apartment. She had graduated from university, was going to start a job, and didn't really know how to life. So she wanted help with lifing. Well, she's cleaned her apartment and now and, and painted a wall. And now she wants. Uh, now she has another question. So, what she said is, "Dear Nancy, I need more help. My life is in boxes." I managed to get rid of the grime and gross-ass bugs in my apartment, and I painted my bedroom a pretty pink color. But I started my job, and my schedule is all over the place, and I'm too tired when I get home to unpack. 
Where do I start? How do I organize my space and make it cozy? Signed, Desperate D. So, Allison, <laughs> we are all, especially me, super eager to learn the secret to your magic strategy. Where do we begin to organize and how do we keep going once we've started? I know those are two questions, so let's do the how do we get started? Well, yeah, and that's the thing is that with all those boxes there, no wonder she's exhausted because it's just a bunch of clutter sitting in her home that really doesn't have a space and a home for themselves. So right now it's just sort of a I have to do this clutter, both um, taking up physical space and then also taking up uh, you know mental clutter as well. And so what I would recommend for her is if she's really seeing that she doesn't have a lot of time and she's really not um, feeling very energetic, is if she knows what boxes have what in them, the best thing to do is to prioritize them and say, okay, what are the things that I need now to make me feel like I've got my creature comfort? So maybe it's the first thing is to unpack all of your kitchen stuff so that you can make and prepare meals that are going to give you energy and so that you'll have more energy to devote towards getting your apartment and, and your space fixed up. The other most key uh, important part of your um, space to be done immediately is your bedroom because that is the place where you go to rest and rejuvenate and if you don't have the energy because you're not sleeping well you're not going to be able to get anything organized in your life and you're going to be feeling like you're always playing catch-up so if you've just moved in and you're feeling like you're short on time and short on energy, making sure that you know you're eating well, you're getting enough sleep, but also that your at least your bedroom space is set up just how you want it, so that it's um, you know something where it it feels really relaxing to you. So I also just suggest in those cases no electronics in the bedroom or if you do have them try and cover them up at night but especially trying to keep your cell phones and things like that all that electricity has an energy and it keeps you awake having a lot of clutter in your bedroom is also going to keep you awake keeping any sort of um, financial and other materials in your bedroom is going to keep you awake so anything that doesn't belong in your bedroom needs to get out of your bedroom immediately and then all the things that do belong in your bedroom should be put away as soon as possible. And then once you've got those two areas done, little by little, tackle a box a night if that's all you can do. But at least you're going to get it done eventually versus just going, well, I'm not going to do any of it. And if you're too tired one night, that's okay. Give yourself a break and then plan to maybe devote an hour or two um, to just taking one or two boxes apart. And again, in no time at all, you'll have your apartment up and, and getting ready. And it's really about making sure that you're doing smaller tasks of, of really small self-love-based decisions so that this will keep your momentum up because what ha what keeps us trapped in, in, in disorganization and what holds us in the exhaustion and the frustration is the feelings of guilt, shame, and fear that end up coming up with the clutter because a lot of times we have a lot of stuff in our home and we don't even know not only where it is but what it is. And all that stuff holds not only physical clutter but sometimes spiritual and definitely mental clutter. And so when we start taking these jobs and not as a big whole task but just breaking it down, even just starting with your clothing and going, do I like this? Do I need this? Do I want this? You know, do I use this and wear this? 
and making those small love-based decisions of, you know, that shirt does look good on me, or that color doesn't flatter me anymore. I just don't enjoy wearing that anymore. It's gotten its use. And then letting those things that no lo- that you don't like, that you don't use, that you don't want, that it aren't serving you in a way that make you feel energetic or make you feel content in your life and getting those out of the way. Because the more that you can get rid of your physical clutter, you're going to find that you not only have more space in your home, but that space starts opening up in your life. And then you're allowed, then you can allow yourself to make the, take those decisions that you made for your physical clutter and put them into decisions of, who should I be spending my time with? What activities do I want to get involved in? Um, is this the right career for me? And when you really start using those small self-love-based decisions to make sure that you always are heading in the right track, you're going to get all of your goals accomplished, and it's not going to seem as challenging anymore because you're always constantly looking out to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. And that does include getting a lot of rest, you know, eating good foods um, and really taking care of yourself so that you have the energy to open up your life and be more productive and get more done in less time. I want to go back a little bit here because you met, you touched on quite a few uh, really good points. Well, the first one is the self-based love decisions and then everything is energy. Let's just go into those a little bit more. What exactly is a self, self-love-based decision? Well, what it is is, um, you know, a lot of things, we've got so many things coming at us, especially in the Western Hemisphere of buy this, do that, be that, blah, 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 and it's so much mental chatter being thrown at us that we end up getting overwhelmed. And so when you go through your stuff and you make that small decision of I'm going to keep this because I like it, because I want it in my life and because I need it, not because your Aunt Ida gave it to you or it was your ex-boyfriend's or it was a family heirloom or you bought it but it doesn't fit or whatever the excuse is as to why you have this thing in your house. If it's not just based on I like it and want it and use it, it's not serving you at all in any healthy way. And so when you make that small self-love-based decision of I'm going to keep this in my life because it gives me energy or it makes me happy or I look good in it or, you know, those kinds of things, it opens your life up to a lot of possibilities and it allows you to really create the life that you want to have And if you work on getting rid of your physical clutter first, you really can build up that skill in a tangible way that then you can just keep using that decision-making tool to create everything in your life the way you want it to be. Is that friendship fortifying me and giving me energy, or is that person an energy sucker and I feel exhausted by spending 10 minutes with that person? You know, once that awareness is there, you can make that decision of, is this in my life good for me or not? And when you make self-love decisions, you can figure out whether it's good for you or not a lot more easily than if you're just sort of trying to tackle everything at once and you're so left in a ball of um, you know exhaustion, frustration, and overwhelm that you can't even see straight. So if you just take it one T-shirt at a time, 
and you really make this decision based on what you like and what you need and what's best for you, it really can transform your life one shirt at a time and then it transforming into spiritual and energetic and other physical kind of decision making. It's really difficult to get rid of things someone close to us gave us, like parents or grandparents or someone who's passed on. It may not even be serving us, but it's like, oh, you know, that person's gone. I'll never have something, and this is like a memento. There's, there's so much guilt involved in that. How do we, how do we deal with that alone? Well, I mean, you know, in those kinds of cases, you're either going to reach a point where you're ready to let that go if you're really aware of it and say, you know, Aunt Ida sewed you, made you a sweater and she's passed along and that sweater itches you and it's too big and you never wear it. But you and you, it's stuffed in the back of your closet. How is that serving your aunt Ida, and how is that serving you? You've just created some sort of a unwanted landfill in your own home. Not something you're ever going to wear. And I get it because I, I myself have held on to things for ages because of that same feeling. And what I think you can do is when you start with, you start really with the tangible stuff in your house that you don't have such emotional attachments to. You know, you just start with, maybe it's your underwear that you're like, I don't care, it's underwear. And start based on a decision of, are these clean and should I wear them or do they have holes in them? And you start with that. And then you keep building yourself up into the harder and harder, harder decisions because when you start with the easy stuff and then build up, it becomes easier And then you can allow yourself to just sort of let that feeling of guilt go. Because, I mean, I would say that most people, after they've passed on, don't care if you still have their sweater. (laughs) That's a very good point. They don't. No, they don't. They're not going to haunt you and go, why don't you wear that more often? (laughs) You know, my mom had a good idea for uh, things that we want to let go of that are just a little bit difficult, like that are from special people or that had a special memory for us. She said, take a photo of them. Just take a photo. They don't take up as much space as the actual items do. And then you've always got the photo to look at because you're right. What good is it doing us in the back of a closet or sitting on a shelf getting dusty? Yeah, yeah, and if it's in the case of, you know, T-shirts or something like that, you can always make it into a, a memory quilt or something like that. And, yeah, I mean, doing something small like that so that you actually can enjoy it is a great way to to make the process easier by be getting creative with it, you know, rather than shoving it in the back of your closet and never looking at it. Because all that is is that it, that's guilt in your closet that you're storing. I mean, that's that's just energy of guilt. Then that's a horrible reason to keep anything. And the other thing is sometimes you're just not ready to emotionally address it, and that's okay. And you can have certain things that you're like, it's not time for me to deal with that, so I'm going to deal with everything else in my house, and when I'm ready to go back to that, I will, and to give yourself a break and not sit there and condemn yourself or judge yourself because you do have some things that you're just not ready to part with. Because that's okay to, it's okay to have those things. It's just that when it becomes everything in your home is electric, is electrically charged with emotion, that's when we really have a problem. If you have one or two or three items in there where you're like, I don't know, I'm just not ready, you can either get creative and find another way to use them, or you can just wait for a little bit and maybe at some point you can let them go and, and just do a self love-based decision to 
to love yourself enough to be okay with the fact that you've got a couple of things that you're not ready to let go of. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about everything is energy. What exactly do you mean by that? Well, scientifically speaking, everything that's here has an energy to it. And so if you you can apply that in a spiritual way or you can apply that in an actual scientific way, but either way, there's an energy to everything. And so when you walk into somebody's home and there's clutter everywhere, you feel closed in. I mean, you can feel that energy. Um, and it's not a good feeling. You can't, it's hard to think and it's hard to relax because there's just so much stuff coming up on you. But when you're also living with that stuff, it's not just the physical clutter that's closing in on you. It's the emotional attachment that you've given it. So you could have a pile of, 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 of financial papers that you've got sitting in your bedroom and they've been sitting there for six months and, all in your, you know, not only is it sitting there physically, but it's also in your head of going, you haven't done that yet, you haven't done that yet, you haven't done that yet, and that's in your bedroom. You know, that that causes mental clutter, and that makes it really difficult for you to think, and then you're constantly stressed because you think that you have things to do. You know, it just keeps taking a toll, and when you have, you know, um, six piles of clothing that you haven't had time, you know, you haven't taken the time to do the laundry, you just felt like you haven't had the time, you haven't done that yet, you, ha- you know, and it's just more and more um, judgments of energy that you've piled onto yourself, or the shame of, oh, look at all those outfits that I bought for myself that don't fit me anymore, or all of those things, you know, that I bought that um, I never wore, and I spent all this money, and so you've just got guilt and shame sitting in your closet staring at you. And so what about the, I'm going to wear it someday, it's not been the right circumstances, or I haven't been asked to the, <laughs> you know, the royal ball, or <laughs> or whatever it is. How do you get rid of things that, you know, you know you're going to use at some point, but you probably won't ever? Well, and, and that's where, if you make a small self-love-based decision, the part of the, you have to be honest with yourself, because that's what self-love is. And so if you go, you know what, I'm really not the kind of person who's going to do this, and that's okay, um, you can let it go, because you can sort of think, okay, well, if I let this dress go that it's been sitting in my closet for five years, and I've just not found a reason to wear it, you can think of the smile on somebody else's face who gets to find that when you've donated it, who is wearing it for something fabulous. And you can also think, hey, if I let it go and then an opportunity comes up, maybe I can find something even better that fits me better, that's more updated in terms of fashion. So... If you don't think of letting something like that go because you're just not, that's not you and that's not your life right now and you let that be okay and then you let the fact of if I let this go, I'm going to trust that something better is going to show up, it's a lot easier to let let go of the stuff. And it's really about retraining your brain on how do I want to think about my stuff, how do I want to feel about myself and how do I want to feel about the decisions I'm making on my stuff. I think that if we... uh let go of the things that like say the dress for the the royal ball kind of thing if we let go of that i think there's because there's an emotional attachment or a hope or desire there for someday that if i let go of that then i'm letting go of my dream for that royal ball yeah but are you really maybe you're just allowing something better to show up maybe 
yeah, I I think there's a dream attached to some of the future things that we yeah. think that. Yeah, and I don't, but what what you know, I don't necessarily that mean that make, means that you have to go. Well, I'm just letting that dream go. And if you're not ready to let it go, keep it in your closet, wear it on a Friday night while you sit in front of the TV sipping wine, so at least you're still using it. <laughs> But, um, you know, it, it could just be that um, you're not letting the dream go. You're just letting the dress go. Yes, that's right. It's a different perspective, isn't it? Yeah. And so I have a lot of artists that and creative people, not just artists, artists in all fashion, really, writers and, and painters and jewelry makers and whatnot that listen to the show. And I know you mentioned once before when we were talking that artists, things that's a whole different ball game how you organize that so are there a few tips for artists like myself i've started organizing my art room i've got things in bins things interrupt me i haven't gotten back i bought a shelf haven't put it up yet what are your suggestions for artists who have things that are that don't all fit in bins they're odd sizes they're you know sculptures and sculpture material and what do you suggest well, I mean, you're artist, so you definitely can probably create places to hold things. I mean, you know, maybe using jars and different other things so that you can create a an area where you can hold various things. Um, the other thing is that, um, you know, I would say maybe what you what one thing you can do is you if you have various projects as an artist you want to do to make your life more organized is you dedicate you know the first half hour of your of your process to getting, you know, one project done. And then the next time you do a little bit more of that project so that you are actually getting some of that done. Because I feel like if you're an artist, you really want to focus on the art itself. And so if you've got those unfinished projects in the back of your mind, that's probably going to mess with your creative process. So the sooner that you can sort of put together a system that works for you. And that's what it's all about, is finding a system that works for you, not for anyone else, just for you. And so if it doesn't make sense to anybody else, but you can find it, that, that's fine. Do you mean a system for organizing or a system for finishing art projects? Either way. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, there's find the system that works for you. The other thing is it put similar things together, put like things together because if you're trying to find something, you need to figure out where your brain would go to find that. And so if you're like, okay, I need to go find the paints, and you know that they're next to the brushes, you're always going to find that every single time. And also to put them back where you got them in the first place. Because if you keep things laying scattered and they don't have an actual home, if everything in your house that you own has a, a place where it belongs and you make a point of actually putting it back there each time, you'll never have to figure out where you put something. You'll always know where it is. And as an artist, even if you have a lot of stuff around, that's going to be the thing that probably keeps you the most organized is, is having a space for each thing that you have in that art space and then making sure that each and every time that you're finished with your work, you put everything back where they belong so that you can then easily find everything again. That's a good point. I think artists live in um, in a chaos where they know exactly where everything is. It's kind of like the card game, you know, every what is that, concentration where everything yeah. is flipped over. And you, you know that's where that card is. That's where that, but it's like a, anybody walks into the room, it's like, oh, my gosh, what happened here? <laughs> yeah, well, and then you there, there's got to be a point of, 
of where there's, you know, and there's a fine line and you sort of have to figure it out for yourself. But some people work better in more of a little bit of a disorganized environment because that's where they get their creativity from. But they also have to have a point of, I'm going to keep this space at a certain level uh, so that I can continue my work and it doesn't get so disheveled. So with organizing, as with everything else, you have to get your eight hours every day. You have to eat, you know, at least three meals a day. You have to, um, you know, get exercise because these are the things that you do to make sure that the rest of your life goes smoothly and you're, you know, able to think and you're not tired and you're going to be more productive. And so organizing is also sort of one of those things that if you keep doing it every day and make a practice of it, and the small things make a big difference. They're the things that add up. So it really is, you know, when you come home, having a spot for your keys. And so when you, you know, when you're painting, having a spot for all of your brushes so that you know exactly where that is. Yes, those are very good points. The small things matter, and it feels really good to accomplish the small things. I had a little wooden bowl that my girls decorated for me when they were very young. You know, it was one of those items I couldn't get rid of, a little bit of an emotional attachment to, I guess, not to the bowl, but to their childhood. And I didn't know what to do with it. So I put it on the hall shelf to hold my keys. It was amazing how something that seemingly insignificant could make me feel so good. It was like checking something off my list, a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction. And it only took me a minute to do it. And you know what? Since that time, I've never wondered where my keys are. That's a good tip for Desperate D. Do a couple of very little things when you come home from work at night. Then tackle some of the bigger unpacking and organizing tasks when you have a day off. And I just wanted to let everybody know that Allison has created a series of six MP3s that give you the exact same information that you would receive in a personal session with her. And I think it's the perfect program for people who like to work alone or who aren't quite ready for support along with their organizing journey. And if you are on a budget or you just want to get started uh, doing your own thing first, these uh, six MP3s are the way to begin. But if you are ready to jump in with both feet, Allison provides personal coaching via Skype or phone. And she is so amazing. I love you. All all you have to do is send her a photo of your troubled area, and she will give you step-by-step instructions on how to organize that area. And she will include links to any supplies or products that you might need for your particular project, and all the time keeping in mind your budget and your preferences. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than this. I think this is a wonderful business practice that you have, Allison. How can people get in touch with you if they want more of your time, your knowledge, your information, your sessions? Thanks. The easiest way to get in touch with me is to visit me on my website, and that's uh, just ackorganizing.com. Excellent. Thank you very much for being such a delightful guest on my show. I think we could have talked for hours and hours more. I think you have so much more information and little tips that you could could give to us. Perhaps you would like to come back. Oh, I would love it. Yeah, I, I could have. We could have talked for hours. I do have a lot to share, so I would love that. Whenever you'd like me back, I'd love it too. Okay, great. Thank you very much, and thank you, my lovely devoted audience, for listening today. And remember, if you have any questions you want answered, be sure to send them to nancy at nancy at noon.com. Until next time, keep it real.
Thanks for joining us again on Slightly Askew with Nancy at noon. We've enjoyed your company and hope it's been fun for you too. If you like what you're hearing, please share us with your friends and family because, well, they might like us too. You can find us online at nancyatnoon.com. We've got fascinating blog posts, recipes, self-help books, weight loss CDs, coaching programs, art, jewelry, and all kinds of other cool stuff. Go ahead and check us out. nancyatnoon.com. You'll be glad you did.